0: Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Everybody ready? Video. P.K., you feel good? Yeah, feel great. Awesome. So, uh, P.K., tell me why, tell me about what you love about Mark for the House for the House, such a special Sunday. It's a unique Sunday. It's this one little season out of our whole year where the focus isn't on self, it's on what God can do through me. You know, I think people come into church for multiple reasons. Uh, I think to be encouraged, to find community, to get their hopes up, Uh, but this is a Sunday where we are focusing on what can God do through me. It's really a selfless Sunday. You know, this is a year that's tested all of our faith. What do we really hold true? What do we really believe in Uh, what do we really value 2020 what a year every preacher in the nation maybe on the planet was preaching 2020 vision god's perfect view for your life and what it really has become is a perspective change a refocus what matters the most and i think people are seeing that family matters and marriage matters Um, i think we're all feeling that we need to be not just people that receive hope for ourselves, but we have to be a funnel of hope for the world around us. And so this year of crazy refocus, I think gives us an opportunity to really focus our faith. What is God wanting to do? How can I be a part? You know, it's our time for us to be used by God for something so much bigger than us. I think one of the most important questions a believer can ask, especially if they're trying to grow in their faith, is what is God asking of me? You know, we say, this is not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. Everyone's space and time looks different. Where everyone is at is a different place, but God is always calling the believer to keep following and to take a next step. So that next step looks different for all of us. The key is for us to have an intimacy with God so that we know what He's requiring of us, what is He asking of us. And He's always asking us to get to the place where we can forget about ourselves and keep our focus on Him and other people. So whatever that looks like for the believer whoever's watching this, that's where God wants you. God doesn't need you to leverage your whole life for one moment of sacrifice or generosity, but He always is looking for us to get out of that place of comfort and into the place of calling. God calls all of us to live in generosity and in sacrifice because that's where we find a significant life with Him. And so, my heart is that people would get their eyes open to the opportunity that generosity creates, not just for themselves, but for someone they might never meet and never encounter. That person's going to walk in a better life because you chose to lay down a little bit of your life and leverage that which you have for someone who does not have. Brother Biju, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Um, greetings from the other side of the world in Kansas City. How's, how's life in
1: India? Thank you so much, Pastor Kyle. Great to talk to you. India is uh, slowly getting back on its feet after the l- world's largest lockdown. And uh, yeah, yeah we are, the church is strong. Um, you know, God has been good through all this, this season uh we're
0: uh, we're really excited you know we've had a partnership with vision rescue and um with you for a while um but now i'm excited to kind of take it to another level one thing i've been talking to our church about the last uh, week or so is you know we want to make sure we send our money on mission and i can't think of a better place you know when i think about my friends that lead in ministry and uh, missions organizations and building churches that are literally saving people, not just eternally, uh, but physically. Um, You know, it's a very short list and you're definitely one of the top of that. And uh, we're blown away by all that you do and we're honored to be a part of it. But I've been talking about the church, about putting our money on mission. And um, tell us a little bit, for those that haven't got to meet you yet, uh, about, you know, Vision Rescue, about what you do through the church as well. And um,
1: yeah, and what we get to be a part of as a church. Thanks a lot, Pastor Kyle. First of all, I want to say a big thank you to the whole church. You know, for your consistent partnership and support. Without you doing what you're doing uh, to stand with us, we couldn't be doing what we are doing here. So, Vision Rescue started in Mumbai because I saw a child being exploited on the streets, and uh, I was uh, I went and asked God, Why do you allow this to happen? If you are God, if you are good. If you are strong, if you are love, why do you allow this kind of exploitation? Uh, I didn't hear any answer, but surely I heard a question inside of me. I felt God was asking me, why do you allow this to happen? So that kind of really hit me hard. So, and really got me thinking, God doesn't have to send an angel from heaven to rescue a child, or to feed a hungry child, or to be a friend to a lone, lonely person. You know, that's why we are here. We are the church. The church is the body of Christ. That means we are the hands and feet of Jesus. If he wants to do anything in this planet today, we are his government, we are his means. So that is how Vision Rescue was birthed in my spirit. But when I found out the details, I began to back off. At that time, I found out that there are more than 300,000 kids on the streets of Mumbai itself. I was confused where do we start how do we go? but anyway to cut the long story short I, I pushed it off for a few years but uh, when I became a dad everything changed right when you it becomes personal. So yeah. what if it was my child? you know wow. I really felt God was saying you know if would you let your child be in that place? I said never. I felt God was saying they are my children that child is my child. And I do have the resource to rescue them. You are my my resource. So it kind of really became personal, and that's how it started. When I say God speaking, I didn't hear an audible voice. It was all a conversation within, on the inside. So myself and Sekou and a couple of young people, we began to feed about six children on the streets. That's how we started. And then it grew to 15 children, 30 children, 40 children. So then we found out that we we could feed them, but if we don't educate them, there is no future. Because if we really backtrack, why are these kids on the streets? Why are they being exploited? It's because somebody along the line, their parents or grandparents, somebody made a poor life choice. Okay, why would they make a poor choice? Because to make a choice, you need to be aware of options. If you don't have options in front of you, you can't make a choice. So why did they not have options? Because they did not have access to information. Options were there, but they didn't have information. Why no information? Because they were not educated. So we decided, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to bring education to these children, so we give them access to information, so that they become aware of options and they make good life choices, so that their kids are not on the streets, their kids are not exploited. So. It's a long-term intergenerational transformation. Uh, so we, our, so our mission is to free children from all forms of exploitation by engaging and sustaining them in education.
0: Yeah, vision is so powerful. I love that you're obviously you take care of the temporary need, which is an empty stomach, but you're giving them a hope-filled future by educating them. For us here in Kansas City. Uh, you know, again, a huge privilege just to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, can you just speak to our church, what the difference, our, um, yeah, our resource, honestly, our American resource, what the difference it makes for you on the ground, for you, for your team,
1: and for the children and their families? Absolutely, absolutely. So your giving, the, the key is the consistent giving. Because of your monthly giving, we are able to really budget and decide we can help so many children. You know, yeah, we can help. We So we run four community centers and you play a significant role in really bringing education to the children in these community centers in the slum community. So when I say slum communities, uh, the community center, these are not big air-conditioned buildings. We are renting out rooms in the shanty, in the slums, where we are running proper education. So if these children are not in the school, in our classrooms, that means they are on the streets. So you are giving, consistent giving every month, helps us to keep what 1,700 children out of the streets uh, and in classrooms, providing them safety, providing them education, providing them healthcare, not only for them, healthcare for the whole family. And yeah, and, um, uh, also, uh, setting them, up, you know, up for the future.
0: Yeah, we believe you're going to scale to new levels, and uh, we're going to see Jesus do something powerful through it, and uh, not oh. above and beyond education. I know, you know, you're loving these kids into a relationship with Jesus and bringing total life transformation. So, thank you for all that you do. Uh, but give me maybe one thing we can pray for for you, a um,
1: vision rescue, whatever it might be. Thank you. So now, we have really moved into online education. Um, So, just pray for wisdom, mainly, because with this COVID situation, everything has changed. We have had to learn new ways of doing things. Uh, Private schools have started online education because kids have access to internet computers. So we are in the middle of figuring out how do we make sure these children are not left out. Um, Yeah. So that's, the, that's one big thing. And the other thing is, we've started a volunteer mobilization platform called The Movement. So it's, it's not possible to scale up with staff. So we want to mobilize volunteers from high schools, from universities, from corporations. So Mumbai has eight million skilled professionals. So, wow. and a million students, university students. So we want to, we want to channelize them into serving in slum communities. But in the whole process, we get to engage with them and be the salt and light for them too. So this ministry is just beginning. So please pray that uh, God will God will really give us a breakthrough in this and we'll be able to uh, mobilize thousands of people into these communities and really make a difference. You know, we don't want to just do activities. We want to really make a difference. And I've seen that happen in a miniature way. And so I know that it can happen. So that is that is my prayer. Yeah, well, that's our prayer too.
0: And we'll be praying for you. And we're honored to give through Heart for the House and beyond
1: and uh, to partner with you every month next year. I can't wait to get together. Please give our love to Liz and the children and to your amazing team at the church. Please tell them that we, we love them from the bottom of our hearts and uh, we're so, so grateful for their giving and during this covid season alone because of your giving we have been able to serve over a million meals to hungry awesome. people that is over and beyond so please thank the church for yeah. their consistent giving people are alive literally people are alive because of your giving so thank you so much wow that's, that's huge. We love you so much, Bijou.
0: All our love to you and Sekou and, and the boys. And um, uh, look forward to connecting with you soon. I look forward to hearing all the amazing stories. You know, as we've been in this season called Frontline Faith, the tagline is, we go first. And I love that because it always takes a leader to go first. And this is an area as a church where we get to lead the way through giving, through sacrificial generosity, to go first. And if we go first, it's amazing to see that which will follow. You know, growing up, I am the son of a missionary. I lived on the missions field. I've been on several missions trips. And I always think it's so important for every believer, at least once in your life, to go to a place where you're uncomfortable, disconnected, language barrier, and serve people. You know, I love this about Heart for the House is that we get to serve people on the mission field. So much of our giving this year is going to missions. People will never meet, probably places we will never go. And yet we are going there on mission because we need to open our eyes to the plight of the world. Like in Myanmar, where we're rescuing girls out of a system that keeps them stuck, we're educating them, we're taking care of their health needs. Ultimately, we're connecting them with a local church and an opportunity to serve God with all of their lives. Or in India or beyond, we're doing something that isn't just about Kansas City and isn't about our nation, it's about the whole world. And so in a way, we're all on mission to together through our generosity. I believe that Jesus Christ works through the church. We're building a kingdom that can't be shaken. And so every initiative that we're taking on in America, whether it's the planning of a new location in Atlanta, whether it's the Hope is Alive house that we're building in partnership with them to free people out of addiction and to disciple them as strong believers, whether it's even just our Christmas outreach that we want to do for the community around us, it's all focused on building the local church.
2: Hi, we're here with Chelsea. Um, From Hope is Alive. And I'm just so excited to get to have the opportunity just to chat with her, hear a little bit um, more about Hope is Alive, as well as you have an incredible story. So it's going to be a real treat today just to hear about what they're doing and how we get to partner with them. Partnership is so powerful and also hear an incredible story of an amazing, beautiful um, young woman that God has actually transformed her life and her story through Pope is Alive. So Chelsea, I'm so excited to be just talking with you today. It's been so wonderful to get to meet you. And I know here at Hillsong Kansas City, Kyle and I, it's just been such a wonderful, Um, opportunity to get to know Lance the founder and just to partner with you guys to make a bigger impact. And so can you tell us a little bit about Hope is Alive and what you guys do here in the Midwest to see lives transformed?
3: Yes. So Hope is Alive is a, we are faith-based mentoring homes for drug addicts and alcoholics. So We exist to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those that love them. We have homes all across the Midwest in Oklahoma City, uh, Wichita, Tulsa, um, and now a men's home in Kansas City. Oh, I love that. And also a men's home out in North Carolina. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So how many homes do you guys have? We have 19 homes total. Wow. Yes. That's re- absolutely amazing. Yes. I
2: know the one um, that opened up here in Kansas City, it's been so special. We've got to financially partner sh- uh, partner with you guys as well as our staff guys. And Kyle have been going to yeah. to just kind of help with the discipleship process and the Bible studies. And I know that some of the guys have even been coming to Hillsong. Yes. And they've gotten on team and they're serving. And it truly has been such a joy. We're super pumped about Um, about the future so and really excited about what God is though they're all over Oklahoma and North Carolina it's really cool that we're going to be able to make a really personal impact on people's lives and create a place for people that are going through addiction and really needing personal transformation right here in the Kansas yes. City area. Yes. So we're very excited about that. And I hear that um, Hope is Alive has been a big part of your personal story. Yes. And uh, would you mind just telling us a little bit about what God has done in your life through Hope is Alive?
3: Yes. So. My life before Hope is Alive, um, you know, it was very dark. I was very broken. I was fully addicted to drugs and alcohol. you know, I, I didn't know Christ. So um, I remember one day, you know, I was homeless, sleeping in my car. And I woke up one morning, and I was just sitting there thinking, you know, I really have no hope, no dreams, no ambition. Yeah. And I kind of just sent up this little foxhole prayer of, like, you know, God, if you're out there, like, if you even care, like, what I'm doing, like, I need help. Like, I want out of this lifestyle. Yeah. And a couple minutes later, I get a text from my mom, who... Uh, it was like, hey, why don't you come out to the house? And so I drive out there, and given me and my mom hadn't spoken in months, like none of my family really wanted much to do with me at this point. Yeah. And uh, I drove out there, and I walk in, and she's just kind of like, are you ready? And which she had asked me time and time before, and I always had an excuse of why I, I didn't need help. But at this moment I was like, I need help. I wanna do something different, I'm ready. Um, And the next day I was going to treatment in Valley Hope Cushing. So while I was at Valley Hope, Hope is Alive, they had actually opened their first home first women's home in Tulsa. Yeah. And so they were there talking about it. And I was like, you know, that sounds kind of cool. Like maybe I'll give it a try. And so I talked to the counselor, talked to my mom, and they're like, yeah, give it a try. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna try it out. So I went door to door from treatment to hope is alive. Um, terrified. Yeah. Like didn't know anyone like I left my small town in Stillwell and moved to Oklahoma City. Yeah. And so I was terrified. I was scared, I was excited. I was all the emotions. Totally. Yeah. All the things. All the things. Yeah. And walking in it was just like the this overwhelming presence of like happiness and joy and um all the girls were laughing and smiling and having fun. And I was like I want that. I want to be a part of this. Um, I want what these girls have. Um, you know, later finding out that it was the Holy Spirit yeah. that just consumed that house. Yeah. And so Hope is Alive, you know, it really it gave me everything back. It gave me back a relationship with my family, yeah. it gave me friends. All the girls that were in my wedding were all friends that I've made in wow. Hope is Alive. That's beautiful. So it, it's amazing. It gave me a great foundation to build my relationship with christ on is the most important thing that it gave me that's
2: wonderful so yeah how long were you in the program
3: so i was in the program for 19 months
2: wow yes so how was that like walking out? Cause transformation doesn't happen overnight. Yes. Oftentimes it's like you I mean you kinda of hit some roadblocks. Yes. Oftentimes of do I really want this or mm-hmm. can I really overcome this? Yes. So what was that like for you in that nineteen months?
3: During that time I got to work on myself a lot. I got to work through all my codependency issues, which were like yeah. really what kept taking me back out before. Yeah, It was that feeling of not being good enough, um, you know, unworthy. So I really got to work through all that and just watching yeah. myself change and become a different person, like become the person that God intended me to yeah. be was really just amazing. And watching, yeah. also watching the girls that come in behind me get to do that Absolutely. was such a blessing.
2: I love yes. that. So you've been impacted, had addiction, Yes. Went through the program, met Jesus. Yes. And walked through that process consistently that Hope is Alive provides. Yes. Through this program. And talk about life today.
3: How do you see life different now after the program than before? Life today, um, I used to think like I was like my glass was half empty. Yeah. All the time. But now it's like. I've done like a complete 180, and it's like yeah. my glass is half full. Um, so today, it's like life is amazing. Yeah. I'm married to a, an amazing man. Yeah. Um, you know, I we have a amazing like Christ-centered relationship. Yeah. We're both currently working on like always building our relationship with Christ. I think is yeah. the big thing in my life yeah. today because I feel like that's never done. Yeah. My relationship with Christ is never gonna be. At the topper so today it's just i'm happy i'm joyful and life is just amazing today
2: i love that i'm just so excited and have so much anticipation to see women's lives transformed isn't that what it's really all about like letting god transform our story so that then through our lives god can transform other women's stories so How do you feel like with
3: the home opening up in North Kansas City? What impact do you think that we're gonna make up there in women's lives? Um, I think we're gonna make a huge impact. I mean, I know the impact it's had on my life and I think if we can do that with every woman that comes in the doors of that home, I think that will just be amazing. That will be a huge blessing to watch all these women's lives be changed.
2: Well, we are so excited as a sisterhood here at Hillsong Kansas City. And as you know, we have our house of hope and that really exists to give um, a hand up to a hope-filled future. And I am very passionate about empowering women to come out of generational cycles of addiction to experience transformation through the love of Jesus and uh, systematically give them the opportunities that they need where it isn't just a handout, but it is a hand up where they can take those steps even internally in their soul to become everything that God has called them to be. And so when we heard about Hope is Alive, I might start crying because I just was so excited about the opportunity because it's one thing to give girls clothes, it's one thing to create these wonderful curated experiences that bring dignity and beauty and hope and inspiration and some practical things that they need. But it can't just stop there because we all know, like you just shared with your story, that addiction doesn't get overcome overnight. It really takes determination. And I think people need guardrails, that girls need guardrails so that they can become everything that God has called them to be and so I am so pumped and we are so excited to get a partner with you guys and with Hope is Alive to help see this women's home open in North Kansas City yes and we are so grateful for the opportunity um I had an experience actually um a few months back where I could have really helped somebody if I had immediate need housing, because we have food, we have clothing, we have Jesus, we have the gospel. We even have some mentorship we could provide, but we didn't have immediate need housing right now in Kansas City outside of the homeless shelter, which was where they were actually going back to their addictions. And so when we talked with Lance and got to talk with you guys, we were so excited about the opportunity of within this home, everything beautiful, actually getting to have a room that is immediate need housing for women that, um, they just need they need a moment in time to maybe even just like recalibrate to even before they could enter into your program so that they don't go back to the lifestyle that they were in and that we can offer that and then help them maybe even get into the program where god can radically transform their heart their life, their soul, and really empower their future. I look forward to just like walking hand in hand and we as a sisterhood look forward to coming alongside and really being in these women's worlds and not just making an impact in like a big event or an opening of a home, but every day. And really coming alongside of them and meeting practical needs and pouring life, pouring encouragement, pouring prayer, financially being a blessing. And um, we're so excited about it. So thank you so much for taking the time just to share your heart and share your story. And thank you for all that you guys do. Even just getting to meet you, I just see Jesus all over you. I see his transforming power, how it's, you can see it in your eyes that God has transformed, that you are a woman that has allowed God to transform her heart, to transform her soul and to redeem your story. And so thank you so much for sharing that and sharing your heart. And I'm so excited to get to partner with you more right here in our beautiful city,
0: So our Heart for the House focus is about the local church. It's mission for the world and building the church. We build a strong generational church here in Kansas City and invest in churches like ours all around the nation, all around the world. As the church thrives, the Bible says that when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And so as we grow, As we change our world, as we impact the people around us through the local church, we're gonna be used by God to bring radical change to our nation, to our cities, to our own community. I just wanna say I'm already so blown away and grateful for the consistent, faithful generosity of this church. We have come through the stay at home season and I know we're still in the COVID battle season, but we've come back to church and we haven't missed a beat. There's been ups and downs, but the resources have always been there, not just to keep church going, but for us to impact the community like never before. Everything we've done through House of Hope would not have been possible without the faithfulness, and not just of a few, of the many. And so I think my heart for this heart for the house is that we just grab a hold of more people playing their parts so that we can do more. The truth is, for every believer, as we end our time on this earth, and move and graduate into eternity, we're gonna have left a legacy on the earth. And my heart as a pastor is to make sure that everyone feels the God opportunity to leave a legacy that is significant. As we keep building church, as we keep reaching people, as we keep taking care of the hurting in our own community, in our nation, and the world, this is our moment to step in to really next level Christianity as we get the focus and the attention off of ourselves and onto what God wants to do and what God wants to fuel for His kingdom through us. Can we take a moment just to thank God for being a part of what He's doing on the earth right here in Kansas City. Those joining us online, for the House is a special Sunday For us this year, with Online Church, we decided to do two Sundays where we just focus together on the significance of our sacrifice and the beauty of the opportunity to put God first in every area so that the whole world can know that there's a God in heaven that loves them dearly and he has a church family for them, that there's a place called the church, which is bigger than in one church, but we're going to play our part as this church to see every single life impacted all around us, that we would take care of the hurting We take care of the orphan we would take care of the addicted we would take care of people far from us we would want them to know that god is close to them i am so grateful for a church that walks in radical generosity thank you so much for every Everything you've invested this entire year, some of you for multiple years, maybe you're new to our church, this is your very first Heart for the House. It is a significant day of sacrifice for more God breakthrough through the local church and around the world. It is an honor to be in on what God is doing on the earth. Do you believe that? I want you to take a few moments just really to encourage you, not to pull anything out of you, but just to give you a mindset and a mentality that I believe God wants for every maturing believer to hold. You know, we've been in this series called Frontline Faith, and the tagline, like I said on the video, is, we go first. For anything to ever move forward, someone has to go first. And I would say for many of you, you went first, maybe in your family, or maybe you came back to God first. You're a leader in that area of your life. God actually wants us to leverage where we're at right now so that he can do what only he can do through our lives and through our leadership. It requires, like to change the world around us requires people to step in first, to leave a legacy that's greater than just a life for yourself. They need to be legacy leaders if you're gonna be a legacy lever. I think to change the world requires us to embrace the unknown. For some of you, sacrificial generosity is an unknown place. A place where you have not been before. Maybe even monthly obedience with honoring God with your resources and your first is a place you haven't ventured into yet. And I am calling you not for the sake of Hillsong Church and not for the sake of any of our partnerships around the world, but for the legacy of your life. This is a place God is leading you to. When I think about those that went first and the front lines of faith, we have to think about Abram. Before he became Abraham, he was Abram, living a life Really, we don't know how we got connected to God, but we know that he was one that went first. Everything that we have now was because he followed God. Long before Jesus came to the earth, Abram heard the voice of God calling him into the unknown. It's in Genesis chapter 12. He said, leave your country, leave your family, leave your father's home, set out with you and your wife and go into the unknown. I'm going to build a great nation through you. Uh, You're going to be blessed, blessed to be a blessing. In fact, the whole world for generations will be blessed because of your obedience. That's frontline faith. And and Abram went to where he'd never been before. God began to lead him. He was living like a nomad, and yet he had blessing on his life. And yet part of the promise from God was that through your lineage, through generations, through your obedience, through your family, I'm going to bless the whole earth. As he was following God, he got older and older, and the child of promise never came. That Isaac would show up 25 years later after the promise. You have to understand in that mentality, if he didn't have a legacy or a lineage, he didn't have a significant life. Everything in that day and age was about what you could pass on to those coming after you. So much so that he tries to take things in his own power and ability and he, he, he has a child with one of their servants. Hagar, They have Ishmael, and that is not the plan of God. I just encourage someone today, don't get outside of God's timing for your life. And I will say this as well. If you've been believing God for something for a season and it hasn't come to pass yet, just keep believing. The Bible says God is not slow in keeping his promises as we understand time. He's always right on time. But in, through the course of time, in about 25 years, Isaac shows up. It is a miracle child. And then it's in that moment of covenant that God really showed himself strong on Abraham's, Abraham's behalf, knowing that God keeps his word. And then God asks for an incredible sacrifice, one that makes no sense at all. God says in Genesis 22, I want you to take Isaac, the son that you love, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice to me. Even though we don't see a back and forth, all we actually see from Abraham is next day obedience. He wakes up in the morning and goes on the journey. I would encourage you, do not allow there to be a delay in your obedience, wherever that might be for your life. The sooner we obey, the longer we linger, the more we give opportunity for the enemy to steal what God is wanting to do through you. And he goes the very next day. We don't see the back and forth, but we have to know that Abraham had some sort of conflict in his soul and in his heart. And yet we know that he walks up the mountain. He literally tells the servants that we will be back. He has faith knowing that if God gave him this promise, if God was asking for it back, God would would respond and even resurrect Isaac again. He makes an altar on the Mount of Moriah and he puts his child up there. And just the moment before the sacrifice happens, God stops him through an angel and says, wow, I can't believe you were willing to follow me this far. Because you followed me this far, I am doubling down on the blessing that I pronounced over you when you first followed me. Now in no way, shape or form is God asking for us to do something like crazy like that because we live in a world now, a New Testament reality, where the only son of Jesus, the only son of God, Jesus, was sacrificed for us. But God does want us to live in that place, leverage what we have in our life for all that he has for us. And let nothing be off limits to your God. And watch and see when you live your life with the limits lifted, the legacy that you leave will be so much more significant than anything you have ever seen before. It is there where God gets the name that Abraham names him Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees to it, the God who provides, the God who's looking out for me. I wonder what is on the other side of your obedience. You know, Isaac's name means laughter because at first when God made the promise, Sarah heard it and she laughed. And so they named him laughter. If I could ever think of a year, 2020, where maybe our laughter has been taken away a little bit, it's been this year. What do you do when the laughter's gone? The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. The Greek word there is hilarion, literally means hilarious. God loves it that when we give, we give with such joy that even though maybe it's a sacrificial gift, we've got the right God perspective in the legacy that we're leaving, that it bubbles up with joy and even laughter because we're honoring God to that level. A couple things I learned from Abraham's story I think will encourage you in your journey of faith is number one, if you're going to be a legacy leader, if you're going to be a person that leads into new places with your faith on the front lines of faith, you got to leave comfort behind. He leaves his family and the known to venture into the unknown. I think legacy leaders give up on their own plan. Quit trying to make the God reality happen in your own ability. That would be what Ishmael was. Wait and persevere and lean in for the promise that God has for you. I think those that wanna leave a lasting legacy, I think like the people I'm speaking to right now, they love sacrifice. Now, no one loves sacrifice in the moment, but we all love the reward of sacrifice. Because sacrifice positions us in a place where God's glory shows up. And I'm believing generationally through our church that God's glory is gonna show up in your family, in your relationships, in your career, and in your future. And sometimes it is a sacrifice that positions us in the place where God can do what only he can do. Let's be the kind of people that love sacrifice. In Hebrews, it tells us how Abraham had the kind of faith to give, put his son up on the altar. Verse 17, it says, It was by his faith, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, the promise was through to come through Isaac. Abraham reasoned that God would even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. And this is what I want to pull from that to speak into your heart. When you sow into the kingdom of God, I think this year more than any other year, our offering and heart for the house is not about us. It's about God's heart for humanity and the world around us. But when you have a sacrifice that is significant, you know that God will bring it back to your life. God brings it back to life. Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, church family, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. One translation, this is your reasonable service. So when God is asking something of sacrifice, we have to get a big picture viewpoint of all that he's already done for us. And when we see Like Honestly, with a cross, what God did for us on the cross is so insane that any altar he asks us to build and sacrifice and surrender on just makes sense. I believe God has wanted to do something lasting, something incredible, something significant through such a time as this. I'm going to invite the worship team up. We're going to go into a moment of worship because we see this time of giving as a time of worship. I invite my lovely wife up. We're going to pray over this giving and then we're going to sing. Now this is the first year of any year we've not passed the bucket down and had this moment. And I know many people give online and maybe you're still wrestling with your gift or what part to play. I want to encourage you, I'll bring Liz up to pray with me. I want to encourage you to embrace the wrestle embrace the tension I know Liz and I when we talked about our gift it was a sacrificial gift and there was a little back and forth not one of us was not wanting to give the gift but we were just looking at where we're at and asking God what do you want us to do and so we're not up here this is not a show but this is just an opportunity to let you know that it's not about one person or a few Hillsong Church is not built on the gifts and talents of the few but of the sacrifices of the many And what God's going to do through us together will be so significant. It will be kingdom come, and God's will be done. As it is in heaven, we want to see it here on the earth. And I'm going to thank you in advance for having the conversation with God, following Him to the unknown, uncomfortable places, being willing to put anything up on the altar, because through our collective surrender, God's going to bring salvation to the four corners of the earth. Do you believe that? Well, let's pray. Why don't you stand to your feet? You wanna lead us in prayer?
2: Yes, isn't it exciting what we get to be a part of? Moves my heart. I'm like, I wanna be a part of that. I wanna be a part of those orphans in India. I wanna be a part of the women. It's literally gonna be across the street from our north location. I wanna be a part of these hearts transformed. So why don't you go ahead and take your your offer? Why don't you open up your heart to God Come on, church, as a a church family online, wherever you're at. Father, we come before you right now. And God, we thank you for the incredible privilege it is to be a part of what you're still building today. To be a part of building your, your church. And Father, we thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. And God, right now, we just bring to you our very first and our very best. And Father, we do do it with joy. Father, we do it with expectation we ask you that you would take it that you would anoint it that you would multiply it God that it wouldn't just be individual gifts but Father few few loaves and the few fishes. And when it's humbly given over, you take it and you multiply it. And Father, with that same spirit today, Lord, we take our gifts and we collectively say, would you take it? Would you multiply it? Would you put your miracle working power through it so that the multitudes, multitudes, I declare it. I prophesy it that the multitudes of broken hearts and the multitudes of broken souls and the multitudes, tens of thousands of orphans will get educated and will come alive to their God purpose. That women will come out of addiction and bring their children into their purpose, God. That this is not a show. That this is what we're called to be as the church of Jesus Christ. So thank you for the privilege opportunity to be a part, God. We give it over to you. We declare your blessing
0: in Jesus' name.